podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here we are, brand new week, RVK. We're going to start out talking to pop culture. What's the best couple on the office? We want to know what you think. We're also going to talk about the Tennessee loss. It was a tough loss down there in Knoxville, and there's plenty of repercussions. Huggies rage. We're also talking about the Coach's Royal Rumble, RVK style. We're going to talk about the group of five. A dude that's in it could win it all. A dark horse. Maybe he's not a dark horse. Maybe he's a favorite. Listen up. We're also going to talk Neil Brown because we got to talk Neil Brown because the only thing anybody wants to talk about is Neil Brown. What he's doing, the changes being made, the uniforms. So stick with us for that. We're also going to talk to John Antonick about the Mountaineer basketball team. Get ready because here we come. The best couple in the office. Now that seems like an easy answer, but the truth is there's more than meets the eye. It's Brandon Phoenix, aka I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J and Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is pop culture. We're ready to give it to you, real raw, uncut. Jeremy, who to you would you say is the best couple? Let's give you the list. We've got Dwight and Angela. Okay. And that's the whole course of the show. Dwight and Angela. Ryan and Kelly. Every time I try to leave, something keeps pulling me back, me back, telling me I need you in my life. Then we got Michael and Holly. Another interesting entry. No, I mean, it's, it's a good it's a good one. It's a good one. I would say Michael and Donna, but they had some real problems, so we got to leave yeah, them no, out. Yeah, no, 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 no. Definitely not Michael and Helene. But anyway, Jim and Karen seems like the obvious choice. I think we need to add Plop and Aaron. Pete and Aaron. Okay, what what about Jim and uh, Pam? Jim and Jim and Pam? Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm, Jim and Karen is not obvious. I'm sorry. I met Jim and Pam. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the list and I see Jim and Karen, but I don't see Jim I and met, Pam. I met Jim and Pam. My bad. Okay, okay. Jim and Pam. Jim and Karen also can be listed because there are people who make the argument. You call her Karen. I call her Ann. Ann is anyway. Parks and Rec shout out. But go ahead. A whole another conversation we're gonna have. <laughs> and then finally, to me, the most egregious one left out: Bob Vance. And Phyllis laughing. Phyllis Bob Vance. Vance and Phyllis. Yes. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. So, Jeremy, out of all those that are listed, it doesn't matter how Jordan's looking at us since he's a hate the office snob. Yeah, he hates it. Yet another, yet another terrible opinion. My pick is look, I think Michael and Holly are great the way they work together, how the way, you know, they're dorky together, but they get it. Jim and Pam is obvious. I like Michael and Holly's um, chemistry a little bit more. But for me, and I'm mad that you threw it in there. No question, Bob's refrigeration and Phyllis. I love it because look, he's not all in his her in her business. He's not everywhere she goes, but on major things, he's there. He supports her. They don't worry about it. I mean, I love Bob and Vance's whole setup. I love their dynamic. Out at lunch, they they go away and come back to Jim and Pam. Of course, uh, would like that. I'm just saying, I, I love the fire in the relationship. Bob Vance, man, OG, going uh, uh, Vance and Phyllis for sure. I feel like my favorite. Um, so if I'm looking at this, if I had to go Dwight, it, to me, Michael Holly are out. I don't like a lot of how that happened. A lot of it reeks of desperation to me. Uh, you know what? You're right. Because here's the thing I thought about Holly. Holly's with every dude that she works with. Yeah. Every and, time she's with somebody, she gets connected. And she can't resist. And she can't resist. And yes, she had a special connection with Michael. We saw that at the picnic, company picnic. But I'm sorry. That's, there's too much there. Nope. Nope. I like it. I like it. 
Um, and also Michael destroyed her Woody, and um, that's just that's unacceptable. That's not no, that's that, not a healthy relationship. That was straight up polar. <laughs> Ryan and Kelly <laughs> are the most toxic, ridiculous, absurd couple of all time. They're obviously the most fun couple. When he comes back <laughs> from being in jail, and she's dating Daryl. And he's like, here, all you have to do is press send. You wrote the breakup text already for her. So funny. Or or like when she shows up and he, he's her boss. And yeah. he's like, oh, is Ryan coming today? Oh, yeah. And she's in the yeah. like pink polka dotted dress. <laughs> dress. Yeah. Uh, inappropriate for the office. Um, or when Daryl talks about why he's always excited to see Ryan when <laughs> he shows up. So those seem like they're good choices. But without question, Jeremy, people want to say it's Jim and Pam. So what's your answer? It's not Jim and Pam. Who? Because Jim, to me, Jim, Jim did everything right. Forget, forget Pam, though. Pam had her choices, her chances to be with Jim over and over again. She rejected him for no reason. Then she breaks it off with Roy, and she over doesn't and reach out. With, she doesn't reach out to Jim. Doesn't reach out. Nope. Um. She, then you know, I just, I'm sorry. No. And then she almost had a thing with the cameraman. I just don't be forgiving stuff like that, even though she didn't go nowhere. You said allegedly. almost had a thing. I allegedly, mean, that's, I mean, uh, uh, but anyway. So it's, who's your answer? It's, it's Bob Vance. Vance it's Bob Vance refrigeration. And, and, and uh, Phyllis. And here's why. Because their love is real. There are no hiccups. She has a moment where she's a little bit jealous of his secretary, but that's it. It goes nowhere. They, uh, Bob Vance, and also the, my favorite moment was when, at their wedding. Their wedding's one of the best episodes. <laughs> and when Michael... Shakes his hand and says, if you, put, if you lay one <laughs> finger on Phyllis, uh, I'll kill you. And uh, Bob says, if you, if you lay one finger on Phyllis, I'll kill you. Well, agreed. No fingers will be laid on Phyllis. So to me, obviously, it's, it's the, and, and they ha- the nerve that that Twitter poll had to not put them on the poll, to me, that's the worst part. And people, Jim Ashley especially, that is the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, courtside seat sitting Jim Ashley, He's been asking us, when would we have our office episode? Here's one little example of an office episode. But next week, we're going to do The Office versus Parks and Rec. Yes, next week we're going to do our Office versus Parks and Rec. I will say Dwight and Angela get on my nerves. They get on your nerves? They, Dwight and Angela get on my nerves. Oh, I don't think oh. Angela deserves Dwight. I'm sorry. I don't. And there's plenty of times when he tried to spin it a different way. I du- just Dwight killed her cat, Jeremy. Yo, look, look. Dwight killed her cat and then lied about it. And then she was going to marry Andy. No, sorry. I gave you ultimatum. You said no. Peace. Goodbye. Hey, sexy lady. It was nice to know you. It was nice to know you. But I got to move on. Peace. (laughs) He killed her cat. Her name is Sprinkles. And I haven't even had a chance to bury her yet. You haven't buried her? (laughs) Bye, Felicia. Wrap me, boys. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jordan Ty Curry, and I'm here to tell you that the Raspy Voice Kids are nominated for an award. That's right, an award for Best Podcast. If you want to show support for the Raspy Voice Kids, if you want to share some love, head on over to the link in the description of this podcast or go to the raspyvoicekids.net website, and there will be a link in that website or in the description that'll take you right to the website where you can vote for the Raspy Voice Kids as the Best Podcast. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. This is Jay and Fina, the Raspy Voice Kids. I'm here with I Also Hate Pitt. And we have a very, very special guest, Mr. John Antonick. He's here to talk about the West Virginia basketball game against Tennessee down there in Knoxville. It was, it was a little tough. We took our lumps. And uh, we're going to talk about Huggy's uh, feelings afterwards. So, John, I'm, I'm glad you were able to come on with us today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, we appreciate you coming on. Now, we know you've been around West Virginia sports for a long time, um, close to 20 years. You're the director of athletic content for West Virginia. So just watching this basketball team this year, have you ever seen a huggy team that, remi- that, that, that you've seen this from? No, not really. You know, this is a young team. And I think that they're kind of feeling their way through. They've had injuries. They've had um, you know, some suspensions. They've had um, some things that he's had to kind of work through. And, you know, I, he's now what is it? We're almost to February. And he's had 12 different starting lineups. I mean, that's, that's just, you know, unheard of. You know, I think the things, if you look at what Huggins has done, um, he's won with obviously good players. He's won with bad players. But he's never, um, he's struggled with guys aren't tough. And I don't know how tough this team is mentally, uh, how tough it is, you know. And I think that's one of the big things right now with this team is, is, is uh, toughness, the general toughness. And we've seen that show up a little bit. And a lot of that, I think, is the manifestation of, of having young players, inexperienced players, and guys that don't really, you know, fully understand the college game. And I think we'll, I think he's working through some of those things right now with these guys. Well, one one thing is nobody can question how tough Wes Harris is. He got a nice little right hook. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a tough player. Yep, that's for sure. Well, let's talk about the locker room afterwards. Huggins goes off on the team. I don't think I've ever seen that. Maybe maybe I'm just missing things, but I don't think I've ever seen that or heard that coming from the locker room, like after a game. Well, well reported. You know, that's a different thing. You know, I wasn't there. I wasn't around to hear what what was said. But, you know, the locker room stuff, that's kind of sacred territory. And when you start reporting stuff like that, you know, it's, it's, you know I, I don't know. I wasn't there, so I can't, you know, I, I can't. I don't know what was said. I don't know what went on with it. But you know, that's, the locker room stuff, that's, that's kind of sacred territory as far as I'm concerned. I know definitely having them reported, you know, that's, that's unusual. I think what happened was I think that they were setting up to interview Chase Harler and it spilled out of the locker room. I think Huggins was leaving the locker room and was yelling back into the locker room in the view and in with an earshot of not only the, the media that was there, but also mm-hmm. others. And I think that's why it got reported the way it did. Yeah, I got you. I mean, I wasn't there, but you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, you got, you got, you got coming off of uh, a loss against the number one team in the country. Had a 12 point lead and uh, kind of uh, hit that spell there where they went 10 minutes without scoring. And there's just a lot of frustration, I think. Um, here's a guy that's just not used to losing. I mean, the guy just, he's not, if you go look down at his record, I mean, he's played what, I think, off the top of my head, two or three losing seasons in 40 some years of what coaching. I mean, he's just not used to this. This is a different deal for him. I think what's weird for me is I've never seen a spot where, at least to me, it felt like, I mean, I, there's times where I don't know what to do. Even in football, basketball, I, you know, I look at a team, I'm like, I, I'm not sure what to do. But with Huggins, it's like, and Huggins we trust. Like, we love Huggins, but it looks like this yeah. is the first year that he, he's, he's right there with us. He, he's not sure what to do with the squad. Well, I think he knows what well, to do. I think he can't do that. He right. can't do well, I think you're right. I think it's indicative by the number of different starting lineups you had. I mean, when you get 12, that's a that's a lot. And you know, we're into like the almost into February here, and and you know, uh, he just said this, this afternoon on his conference call uh, with the media that Bolton's not going to make the trip. He hurt his ankle on uh, on uh, Saturday against the Tennessee, and 
he's going to stay back and try to rehab and get it ready for Saturday. I don't know whether he'll be able to do that or not. So Bolden's not with it. So there's your, your most reliable score or one of your most reliable score and a guard where they've really struggled this year. The backcourt not going to be not going to be out names. You know, uh, Hilton Coliseum and Ames. That's an awful tough place to play. It really is. Yep. That's what everybody says is one of the toughest places to play. Well, switching gears. Oh, yeah. No, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was just saying, you know, the interesting thing, but the interesting thing about this is if you go back and you look, this is going to be the fourth straight year, okay, that West Virginia has played in the SEC Challenge and then gone out on the road and played at Ames. And that's, that's an anomaly there. I, that's, that's something strange I've never done. So four straight years. I think it was, it was coming off Florida, they went out and played Ames. I think that was in 16. Uh, Texas A&M, two years ago, and then went out to Ames. Last year, played Kentucky here, then went out to Ames. And then this year, played the SEC Challenge of Tennessee, going back out to Ames on Wednesday. So a three-day turnaround to go out to Ames. It's uh, pretty unique. Who's in, the, who's in charge of the scheduling? That's a rough stretch for anybody. Um, all right, switch the computer. However, the computer spits it out, and it's been spitting that out. So I say that's a. I would say that's a trend right there. Yeah. All right. So I've been trying to switch gears just for a little bit because you know we, we talk basketball, but we also just got our last little bit of football actually on the field. We were well represented at the Senior Bowl. We had David Long Jr., uh, Will Greer, Gary Jennings, David Sills. Uh, Kajust was in the building. Um, Wesco, Wesco was also uh, out there represented. How did you feel like our, our players represented at the Senior Bowl? I thought they did really well. You know, um, obviously Will is one of the, the marquee guys, the guy that everybody's kind of focusing on. You know, I, I think he played well, but I think the guy that of them all that could really um, maybe emerge is Wesco. Uh, I think there's a guy right there that could have a long career in the NFL. You look at his body, you look at the way he moves, his athleticism, his, his willingness to block. Able to block, yep. I think there, that, that's a guy right there that he gets in the right organization. He can have a long, productive career in the NFL. And I think that once he gets into, gets, well, once he got into Super Bowl and got, got into an NFL style practice and went through that, I think they saw some things, you know, when they work him out and they do some things, I think they're going to see more from him. I think he's a guy that can really, really help himself. I totally agree. Stock is definitely, his stock is definitely on the rise. And it was something I did not see coming into the mm-hmm. season. So that's what's impressive to me, the work and the effort that he put in and also how they used him in the offense. That regime is gone. We've got a new regime coming in. What do you think about the transition from Dana Holgerson to Neil Brown what are the similarities between the transition from Bill Stewart to Dana or maybe even Rich Rod to Don or from Don to Rich Rod? What do you see as similarities in this whole new regime change? Well, there's certainly not any similarities between Bill Stewart and Dana. I mean, that was the head coach in waiting, and I don't think that – obviously, looking back on that, that wasn't um, – that was a pretty awkward deal there. That didn't work out very well. Um, to me, when I look at Neil Brown, I see a lot of Don Neely. Um, and I haven't had an opportunity to really get a chance to talk to him much, just one occasion when he was hired. But the thing that strikes me immediately about Neil Brown is his sincerity. Here's a guy I think that um, he, 
you know, that was the same thing that I, I can remember interviewing Dick Martin one time when he hired Don Nealon. He said that was the thing about Don Nealon that really impressed him was his sincerity, his, his, his willingness to um, embrace West Virginia, the, the culture he is. You know, this is a different place, and we're a little provincial. And, you know, uh, we're proud people, and, you know, and, and Don Nealon embraced that here. And I think Neil Brown has, too. You know, the thing that you, know, you see immediately, all the different places he's already been to within the state in the short time that he's been here. I know the tragedy down at um, Bluefield, he was down there for that. Uh, other high schools, I think the first week he was here, he made it a point that he hit Morgantown and University High. I know he's, he was in Beckley to speak, uh, I think, last weekend. Yeah, so He's hitting these spots and, and doing the things that, um, that I think that West Virginians um, appreciate. And I think, too, you know, this is not a state that produces a ton of Division One players, but there are some here. And I think he's made the point that, hey, if we've got somebody good enough to play for the Mountaineers, we're going to do everything we can to keep them from going someplace else. And I think that's something else that the fans here uh, will embrace. I love the diplomacy there, John. You did a very good job navigating that subject. One thing I will say is we're from Parkersburg. And I know there was a lot of ill will from, from Parkersburg High, at least. Uh, they felt like players were overlooked. Um, and I know that Neil Brown, or it's been reported that Neil Brown was in Parkersburg recently, within the last few days. So everything you're saying resonates with us. Um, because if there's Division One talent in the state, then nine times out of ten, they should be in Morgantown when, when their high school career is over. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I think that you look through the history of our school – um, when that's happened, generally you've been successful. Because you've got kids that have a vested interest in, in the state, you know, the whole thing. I could, you know, when you, when you start getting players from different parts of the country, um, sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you can't, you know, one size doesn't fit all, every circumstance is different. When you come around and get guys from, from, from places like Texas and, and different places, Sometimes that doesn't always work, and you, you get them up here, and they, they 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 get here for a year, and they they see things, and sometimes it's not a cultural fit, sometimes it's not a you know personal fit, family, the whole deal. So anytime you can get kids from right around your campus, the chances of success for them, chances of success for the program, to me, this just goes up. I think in my no, but we 100% agree. Neil Brown has the whole fan base fired up. Build a wall. Keep these kids in state. Neil Brown is everywhere. Yeah. Every, I don't say he's on world tour. He's on state tour. Dude is everywhere. I don't know how he does it. But, John, we appreciate you coming on. Once again, you're the director of athletic content for West Virginia. I should have been saying that to you. I was saying that to the audience just in case they didn't know. We can find your stuff on WVUsports.com. A lot of great articles. You're on Facebook. You're on Twitter. Um, like I said, a lot of great articles, but we have to ask you three questions that we ask everybody who comes on the show. Are you ready for them? Okay. Huggy got these questions. Gee got these questions. Manchin got these questions. Pat McAfee. Everybody gets these questions. Yep. Bolger. All right. The big one first. Toy Story or Lion King? What's a better movie? Oh, I say Toy Story. Wait, what, who'd you say? I said Toy Story. Are there, are there oh, all that's all. This? I knew you were a genius. Oh, I really did. I could on, tell you had man. a high IQ. I could tell. Uh, bad choice. Anyway. Yeah. All right. The second one is, what is the best Pop-Tart? 
I'm not I'm not a cinnamon guy. I'd probably take like uh I would probably say cherry or blueberry. Okay. We call that tie. okay. All right. Now, well, I know people like the chocolate stuff and that's not me. I am I'm a traditional guy. I'm a cherry or blueberry guy. All right, all right, I hear you. All right. We'll accept that. And the last one is what is the best place for fast food French fries? Best place for fast food fam. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the old with the old standard McDonald's because I love them. Doo-doo, you know, um, and, and that's an acquired taste for people. Yeah, no, you're right. It's McDonald's because they're the best. That's the main reason. Them French fries are the best, and they're undisputed. Yeah. People are like, oh, if they're hot, look, all the other food people can make their decision. McDonald's fries when they're fresh and and, and hot are the best, hands down. Leave the, yeah, I'll leave the product and work the stuff to you guys. You guys can work out that way with them. Get that for your podcast. Get them to bankroll you. Well, John, we thank you for joining us today. I mean, genuinely, we know you're a busy guy. Something you didn't have to do, so we're grateful that you did. Hopefully, we'll see you around campus. We'll see you at the games. Um, and we'll continue to check out your stuff. If you get a chance, WVUSports.com. Go check out John Antonic. Make sure you see what he has to say. He has some great tweets, too, especially quoting the tweet Jeremy had about Dan Moses missing a block. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back to his <laughs> tweets. But anyway, John, thank you so much. Oh, good. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Raspy Voice! This is the Wolfman, Dale Wolfley, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Here we go again. We are back. RVK Coaches Royal Rumble. We have our winner from the Power Five. Now we're on to the Group of Five. The Group of Five means those confidence that don't automatically get that bid to a BCS or, excuse me, uh, a big-time bowl game. So, or as Hurt Hater would say, they don't matter. <laughs> That's the Sun Belt, the Mid-American Conference called the MAC, Conference USA, Mountain West, and the American Athletic Conference. So these group of five coaches, we're going to go down and we're going to see who's the best of the best. We're going to start at Boise State with Brian Harrison uh, from the Mountain West Conference. Number two, Lane Kiffin. He's from Conference USA. and he's from Wiley. He's a little bit wily. Got Lo- a little Gundy in him. Florida Atlantic. Yeah, nah, you know, you know. Number three, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. He's a tough guy. Number four, we've seen this, this guy before. Dana Hogerson? He gets Hog- to be in Hogar- it twice. He gets to be in it twice. Will he fare better this time? Houston. Doc Holliday from Marshall. The real wily old veteran. He's something. <laughs> We're going to go Bob Davey at New Mexico. Charlie Strong as, at USF. Billy Napier, Napier at Louis, uh, excuse me, Louisiana. We're talking about the Raging Cajuns. Let me, let me make sure. Lock Raging Cajuns. Tony Sanchez. UNLV, Seth Littrell at North Texas representing the Mean Green, Jay Norvell from Nevada, and Sean Lewis from Kent State in the MAC. Golden Flash is in the building. All right, so we're going to break this down. We're going to go by threes so we can get it straight. All right, let's go. First three, Brian Harrison from Boise State, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin from Florida Atlantic, and Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. So, Brian Harrison, you're out. No need to talk about you. Let's just be honest. Ah, I feel like Brian Harrison is intense. I feel like he's no nonsense. I feel like he he, he could have brought He's intense and no nonsense. Table. You're right. But this is the Royal Rumble, and so you either got to be the toughest or the smartest. And in this group, he's not the toughest, 
and he's not the smartest, in my opinion. Okay. Fickle is the toughest. Definitely. And Lane Kiffin. Thick neck, big traps, no nonsense, Midwest, tough guy. No doubt. Big guy. Big guy. And here's the thing about Lane Kiffin. I've said this about other people, but he definitely fits it. He's the most dirty, self-centered, yeah. Oh, yeah. dirty, self-centered person there is. There's going to be sand in your eyes. Yep. Uh, there's going to be a chair introduced. Don't let the Daniel Tosh look fool you. Yes, don't let Tosh I, 2.0. I feel like he would figure Tosh a 0. way to get a few people out. But no, we're not going him. It's Luke Fickle. It's Luke Fickle. Luke, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati, American Athletic Conference. All right. For the Almost the Mountaineer coach. Yeah, close, some would have you believe. A close three. Here comes the three. Dana Hogerson from Houston. We know that guy. Doc Holliday from Marshall. We know that guy. And Bob Davey from New Mexico. This is a tough group. I'm going to be honest with you. The tough group right here. Who you yeah, got? It's a tough group. Here's a problem I have. Dana's the kind of guy, in my opinion, I told you before, he's the kind of guy who's walking away, backing away, moving his hands, saying no, no, no. And then one of his honchos hits you from behind with a two-by-four. That's what I think of when I think about Dana. Um, but his size really gets him. His Red Bull intake will get him fired up. His his pre-match talking would put you in the mind of Chris Jericho, possibly. That's the level he's got. Um, but I'm just not sure that he can overcome the size. Uh, except for the age on Doc Holliday and Bob Davey. Yeah. No, that's what I was Bob saying. Bob Davey, uh, as long as about 20 years ago, on the Jamal Day hit in the Virginia Tech-West Virginia game, showed that he had early signs of dementia because he could not understand very basic elements of what is and is not a personal foul at that time. So Bob Davey is out because he wouldn't even know where he was or what he was actually doing. Bob Davey reminds me of the guy who talks so much trash beforehand. You think so? I think, he, I think he'd be smug and arrogant. And, and Yeah, that's why I don't think you're talking any trash. And he then I think he would get arrogant. quick. Yeah, he quick. gets... He gets, he gets I, for me, I, I'm going Doc Holiday in this group. You're going Doc? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Herd Hater. I, th- I think the Herd Hater. The youth, the youth Dana has over Doc helps propel him to a win in in this particular category. Okay, I'm I, I'm willing to concede that. We'll go Dana. We'll go Dana. Dana. We'll go Dana. He's got wings. Okay, got more than that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next three: Charlie Strong from USF, Billy Napier, Raging Cajun, and Tony Sanchez from UNLV. Tony looked like he was a he was a strong man in his day. Nah, definitely he looked like a, he looked like a scrapper. Really does. Matter of fact, dude is so tough. He's from a military family. He was yeah. born on an Air Force base. Yeah, that household. Which oh, uh, what kind, what branch? Air Force. Oh, the Air Force. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying though. I feel I feel like he comes from that background. I feel like he would straight up be scrappy. But no, I'm not picking him to win. Billy Napier. Now he is. He coached with Dabo for uh, for a year down there at Clemson. He was with Saban for three years. Um, he looks like he has a fierceness, a toughness, and to be around those guys who are very demanding shows he probably has a little something to him. But definitely not the answer. Yeah, he might just carry money well in bags and drop them off at recruits' house as well. That could you be never, it too. You never know. That could be it too. But there's no question. Yeah. There's no question. This Why are we talking about three? This? Charlie Strong. Don't nobody want to fight Charlie Strong. Don't nobody want to Don't nobody want to be in the room with Charlie Strong. At any time. I don't For care any what's reason. going on. I don't care if he has a broken leg. Don't nobody want none of Charlie Strong. Don't nobody want to be in the ring with Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong's in that group. In that group, Charlie Strong is winning those three. Easy. Right. The last three. Seth Litchell from North Texas, the Mean Green. Jay Norvell from Nevada. And Sean Lewis from Kent State. Now, here's the thing. I think Jay Norvell, like, when I watch him, he just feels like an OG. 
Like he played, he played yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. He has his toughness about him. Um, Sean Lewis, almost the same kind of fiery. He, he's intense. You know, he coached with Dino Babers up there at, at Syracuse. Um, he played at Wisconsin uh, on scholarship. So there's some toughness about Sean Lewis too. Seth Littrell, also, he's a stud. He looks like he's just straight up stud. Team captain for the 2000 national champion Oklahoma Sooners. He so, played fullback. Yeah. He's a smart, smart guy running the offense that he's running down there with the te- North Texas Mean Green. I think Seth Littrell wins that group easily. I think this group is a great group of three. Seth Littrell, if you haven't seen him, Google him. Dude, dude is still in shape. He, like I said, he played ball from Oklahoma. He's playing running back. Um, one of the dudes who had a full face mask. That lets you know this dude is a tough guy. For me, no question. Seth Littrell. Yep, easy. So the group of five. First of all, to me, it comes down to two people. No question. Seth Littrell, Charlie Strong. Uh, I thought maybe you're gonna throw in a Luke Fickle. All right. No. Seth Littrell. This is the most anti back to one we've done. This is the most anticlimactic one we've done. Well, we've been talking about it, hinting at it for every single <laughs> week that we've done this. <laughs> so if you haven't every, figured every, it out. Seth Littrell, look, look, let me just say this real quick. Seth Littrell in any other conference would be. He would just, he would win the Big 12 easy. Big 12. He would win the Pac-12 sure. relatively easy. Yep. But group of five, he just ran into a buzz. I, you know what? And I think he beats Ed Ordron down there in, SEC, in the SEC. Yeah, but at least, he hear, at least see an argument. At least see an argument because Ed Orgeron's wildly and crazy. And Unfortunately, he has been put in this group of five yep. with a man got who a bad will draw. not you be got a, beat. You got a bad draw. Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong. It's not just a name. It is his brand. Charlie Strong. He is the winner for your group of five. And no, we're not putting up a poll because it's the bottom line easy. We have decided. Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong is a man. Don't nobody want none of Charlie Strong. He looks fierce. He he's like I said, he's in shape. He don't play all business. You don't want none. I don't want none. Don't nobody want none. Group of five winner, Charlie Strong. Now stay tuned because we will go through the winner of the All Conference Royal Rumble: Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, ACC, SEC, Big Ten. And the group of five. Which coach is going to win the you don't really want none award? This all started because a few coaches came out like they wanted to jump bad. Now we have figured out who really is tough and who's not tough. And no, I don't have to really see it because I know by the eye test, okay? The eye test. Who talks about it and versus who is about it. So we're going to get to that next week. Right, big boys. Astor Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. A little more Neil Brown talk. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We want to welcome you to the Raspy Voice Kids podcast segment that is dedicated to West Virginia football, uh, specifically Neil Brown updates. We want you to know, though, we are brought to you by Sandwich U, now located on Beechhurst Avenue, right there on Sunnyside in Morgantown, West Virginia, 708 Beechhurst Avenue. Go get at them because they're the king of the fat sandwich. You know what? You know what? We should I, I, we should uh, throw in this little like 
what, what do you call it when you put in music? I'm hungry. <laughs> Mysterious. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that with the same with you. We're also brought to you by Swill Dog, the makers of the finest hard cider in all of the world. And they are bringing out their rosé. If you haven't had their rosé, you need to have it. It's my favorite. They're having it right now because it's a special time of year when couples get a little romantic. And rosé is the thing to drink when you're trying to put on that romance. We, are, we will always encourage you to get Swill. Responsibly, of course. We're also brought to you by Shrinkables. Shrinkables! And Astork Auto, the finest automotive dealer in all of the state of West Virginia. Jamie Spears is the man with the plan. When you want to ride in style and be treated with respect, Astork Auto is the place to go. And, Jeremy, we have a brand new partner, a brand new sponsor in The Pizza Place. The Pizza Place is our favorite pizza in the entire world. Always. They are now brand new in Morgantown. So if you want to get a slice or you want to get the official RVK pepperoni roll, the pizza place is the place to go. So make sure you get there. And when you get there, you tell them that the Raspy Voice Kids sent, sent you. It's 3011 North Point Plaza, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505. Check out Mike. Check out Luca. Tell them the Phoenix Boys and the RVK sent you over there. They're going to take good care of you. It is the best in the world. The best in the world. So shout out to them. Holla at them. Get at your boys. Show love to Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and the international world traveler. Because now it's time, Jeremy, to talk about what's going on in Neil Brownland. The biggest thing is that Neil Brown does not sleep. He's, out, he's out speaking at, at banquets. Every he, day I'm hustling. Every day he's out recruiting. He's tweeting out, let's go times two. Letting you know something's good. It, it reminds you of the eyes that Lincoln Riley tweets out. You know something's on the horizon when you see Neil Brown tweet, let's go. And then Al Pogue and the offensive coordinator. Oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, yeah me neither. They, they're tweeting out uh, wrestling gifts, Hogan gifts. When they get a recruit, even when they're not telling you who it is, ginning up interest, ginning up excitement for the whole fan base. Everybody's excited. They bring in Jamal, Jamal Day. Jamal Day being a former safety for the West Virginia Mountaineers. He coached most recently at Minnesota. He coached at some point at Cincinnati. The guy has gotten some experience, but more importantly, he's got West Virginia DNA. This is in his blood, and he's back in Morgantown. Let me just say, this this honeymoon phase is fun. It's a great, oh, I love it. I, I, I hope, love it. I hope it just keeps going. I hope it lasts for, Make it last forever. Jeremy's in the second mood this episode. <laughs> Will Johnson is back, the former tight end slash fullback. Played for the Steelers, played in the league. He's back. Mr. Thickneck himself is a big dude. Again, West Virginia DNA in his blood, and he's here with the Mountaineers. Neil Brown saying and doing all the right things. We, we talked already about the fact that he's sincere. We talked already about the fact that he works hard. A lot of people saying that the, the excuse that it's hard to recruit to West Virginia was just laziness. Jeremy, do you agree with that? Uh, I, well, we're going to see. We're going to see. My biggest thing I keep trying to say to people is, Dana had high recruiting classes, too. He had good numbers, too, until the end at signing day. So that's, to me, like the biggest thing I want to see. He's doing an excellent job in the short amount of time of securing the recruits we already had. Yes. Which, to me, is an easier job than landing new recruits. Um, not to hate on him. I'm just saying, like, realistically. No, that's just real talk. It's real talk. I also think, though, we're going to have to see what he can do through a whole cycle. One of the problems I have is the things that make it hard to recruit at West Virginia, people act like Dana was the only guy who had trouble recruiting at West Virginia. Dana put together some good classes. But overall, in the whole entire history, the history of West Virginia football, we've not had great recruiting classes. 
So to pretend like it was just a last regime problem, I don't think it's fair. But on our end, Jeremy, if Neil Brown's able to continue the momentum he has, then we have to acknowledge it's possible to be a big dog. You just have to have the right guy. It's it, true. Look, it's true. And, and, and you want to be optimistic about everything. Like I said, he's doing everything right. He's saying everything right. Um, like he's everywhere. I've not heard anybody really saying anything negative up to this point because he's pushing all the right buttons. But the truth is, until we get the kids on the field, until you get the kids in Morgantown, until you actually see the results of all this hard work. And I'm not saying this year. I understand we're in a transition year. But within the next few years, we're going to really figure out or find out how much it all really means. I think it's going to work. I think everything sounds great and everything's going great. But we'll actually find out what it is in a couple years. Well, what they said is the best predictor of success is is the past. Best predictor of future success is is your past record. And Neil Brown's got a great record. Again, 31 wins in three years, 3-0 and in bowl games, 2-1 and against Power 5 opponents. Um, but what he said that I liked was winners are formed at, in practice and through camps. So right now he's already doing what he said. He's trying to build that with fun. He said that they would have fun. So you see them doing things that are fun activities. You see Winston Wright, Jet Life Wright, saying, this is the most fun I've ever had in Morgantown. This is the thing. But mind you, Jet Life Wright has been to Morgantown multiple times under the past regime, and he said this is the best time he's ever had in Morgantown. Now, the one thing I'll say is you say you can see the past, and the past is, yeah, he coached well down there, and uh, but they weren't big. This is, it wasn't Power 5 football. And it seems like there's a big difference sometimes when you jump to Power 5 football. Now, what I will say is the formula never changes. Yeah, no, you're, saying, you're saying it's not Power 5 football, but he didn't have Power 5 players. That's true. I, I'm saying what the thing. The reason why I'm optimistic about this is because it's a formula. Like any problem. If you're doing a math problem, sometimes you can get to the right answer without having the formula. But when you have the right formula and you go through the right events, that's when you have the, the outcome that you predict. That's what makes me feel so good about Neil because it looks like he has a system, he has a plan, and he's executing it at a high level right now. Yeah, and, and uh, the other thing that he's doing, is, which is interesting, is something that fans have been clamoring for for a while. Now, fans, for different reasons, have been clamoring for different things. It has been announced. Now, I want to give credit to the dude of West Virginia because he was the first person that I saw tweet this. He tweeted it about a week ago. Since then, Strictly WVU and other people have tweeted it. But the dude of West Virginia was the first person to say that the pickaxe pickaxe font was gone and that West Virginia would have new uniforms. And that was all the details he had. But since then, those were the only details that have been released. Neil Brown has since said that the spring game is going to be different than what we're used to. There will be competitions involved that bring the fans exciting, in. Exciting, exciting, exciting. He said there will be some secret reveals that are done. So a lot of people now speculating, speculating that that'll be the uniforms. People speculating that it'll be a different brand, Jeremy. Hail West Virginia intro. Hail West Virginia. I like it. I like it, Neil. I see where you go, yeah, son. I see you playing. So, but the thing is, people keep talking. Like One of the things people keep saying is, well, they're going to have new uniforms. It'll be, is it going to be Adidas? Is it going to be Under Armour? Jeremy. Please no. Please, please First let's all, not, that don't not put that on us. But more importantly, we're still under contract with Nike, so that's not happening this year. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess I guess you can do contracts are negotiable, but it would not. I really, I really hope that's not the surprise. You already know how we feel about Under Armour. Under Armour is a Maryland brand. I don't care where they are now. Under Armour started at Maryland. It reps Maryland. It benefits Maryland. So if you love Under Armour, you are part of the problem. Adidas, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's Nike, Nike. Or, Nike or Jumpman. 
Give me the swoosh of the jump man. Jordan? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and uh, sec- if, the change is, if, if the change is going to Jordan, I'm all about it. Neil Brown becomes my favorite player ever, person ever. Like, if, if, if he switches to the jump man, jump man jump I will man, lose my mind. Man. So, yeah, so I don't know. There are people that who are upset that we're losing the pickaxe numbers, Jeremy, because they say that it takes away, like, we're losing what they represented, which is the heritage for the state for coal miners. Yeah. My big thing yeah. is, my response to that is, I don't think most people realized I don't think most people realize that that's what those that font represented. How many years did we not have that font? Yeah, like that, that, ever. Like, like I'm all about the state. I'm all about representing the state. Like I, I'm born and raised West Virginia. That to be an argument, eh, it really doesn't. That doesn't. There move are me. other ways to honor the state. I wait. I like the Nike Pro Combat Col- uh, Col- uh, Canary those in the Coal Mine uniforms. Those were dope. Those paid homage, and those were dope. And there are people who are upset, say, "Oh, we need to leave the coal, whatever." Listen, it doesn't matter what happens from now till infinity. Coal and West Virginia are synonymous, period. So, I mean, you can feel how you want. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm not, whatever. Coal and West Virginia are synonymous. Um, so I'm okay with paying homage there. I don't care that we lose the pickaxe fonts, pickaxe font because I'm tired of not being able to tell if it's number one or number 11. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't feel bad about that either. And I, I look, I tried. And I don't know if I've ever said this. I, I do hate the yellow helmets. I had the gold helmets, but they're yellow. That's the problem. Like you said, I don't hate. I don't hate the gold. I don't hate those helmets. Mm, I, I just can't. I, can't I hate get the on black board. accents on the uniform. Where does the black come in? The black point? accents. The black accent has no point there. I don't like the font. No word. No. I don't like the blue helmets with the white flying WV. They don't match any of our uniforms. No, and they're so, they they feel so lazy. They feel so, so lazy. lazy. It's so cheesy. I would be okay with them if we had like our old stormtrooper uniforms. Where there wasn't the black on them, then they would actually kind of match. These don't match anything. I wonder if we're moving out, out if we're going back to the shiny instead of the matte, the matte finish on the Maybe. helmets. Maybe I'm I'm okay as long as they're dope. You know what? I'm okay. Thing, I, I don't have like a demand on what they have as long as they're dope. And people are as like, long as we win. Well, let's be for real. Like, we, on, we we go twelve and zero and have the worst jerseys ever. I don't care as long as we win. Well, but they already said we're changing uniforms. Okay, okay. I mean, that, I mean that's already pretty official. The thing I will say though is, if you're going to change uniforms, do it right. Like, that's my whole thing. If you're going to do it, do it right. You don't have to do anything outlandish. We don't have to be Oregon. It can be simple. It can go back. I, I would prefer the Major Harris uniforms just with a little minor update. You know what the worst uniforms are of all time? Or, I, sorry, no. I prefer the 98 uh, Zeroy, Bulger, Becht, uh, Thornton, Gary Stills uniforms. The worst jerseys of all time were the Colburn, West Virginia jerseys that were shadowed in white. Do you remember those? Worse than the ones that have the logo that you have, the white helmets. Back in the '60s or '70s, Jeremy. Oh, if, yeah. we're, if we're going way back then, yeah, those were terrible. But but that was way back then. Recently, how do you have, the shadows just kill me? Don't have don't shadow the number, especially in that white. It, it was terrible. But we're excited to see what these new jerseys are. Uh, we're excited about the excitement around Morgantown. The the anticipation Neil is bringing and building, and like we're all just we're we're all in. Yeah, and I. <clears throat> I'm all in, like you said, all in, but I'm also not holding him. I don't expect us to go 15 and 0 next year. And we got Austin Kendall. And by all reports, Austin Kendall's legit. I was just on a podcast um, with Land Grant Gauntlet, and one of the things they said is people don't view Austin Kendall as a dual threat compared to Kyler Murray. But that Austin Kendall is a legitimate dual threat. He has the ability to run. And Jeremy already talked to you about his accuracy. If you watch his YouTube videos, if you get a chance to watch his highlights, the man is super accurate. Yeah, uh, well, one thing I do want to see is there's there's people, there's quarterbacks who can run who aren't dual threat. Like for me, I wouldn't necessarily say Will Greer was dual threat. 
He could run, but very r- rarely did he take off. I mean, he had the speed to outrun people, but he I didn't agree. really take off. I agree. But I think they're the. They were saying that he basically he does he does, yeah. he does that. but we'll see, and it'll at least be a competition because I think Trey Low, um, I think Trey Low and Jack Allison, Jack Allison has the support of the players that are already there because they've got the reps, they've got the relationship. It's going to be a competition, and that's what I love more than anything. So big things from Neil. We'll keep giving updates. Time to go. Podcast Network.